now, this is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. Absolutely fantastic! Hello and welcome to Box to Box, the show that is everything. Football on Macquarie Radio, NTS News Talk Sport. You're with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. First edition news with Mark Van Aken in a minute. But there's plenty on in the show tonight. Just one week out from the critical World Cup qualifying tie against Saudi Arabia. We'll be discussing the game in detail throughout the show, of course. But we're going to kick off with a chat to someone we're really looking forward to talking to from Scotland, Scott McDonald, who last week announced that he won't be continuing with Motherwell. Is he going to return home? We will definitely be trying to find out and what a week it was in the UK with the final spot in next year's English Premier League wrapped up on Tuesday morning our time when Huddersfield returned to the top flight with a typically nerve-wracking penalty shootout win against the hapless Reading and our very own Aaron Moy man of the match and player of the year of course after a breakout season for the Terriers we'll talk to Martin Shaw from the Huddersfield Daily Examiner on the impact of the result before we wrap up the opening hour with a preview of the Socceroos tie with our man Dean Hennessy in the second hour as always we'll kick off with second edition news. Then in the wake of the news that Robert Carlos was touring the facility, South Melbourne director Bill Papastogiatis joins us so we can find out just where the club's A-League ambitions are at. Then Dino is going to return to talk through all the international news, including a preview of Sunday's Champions League final. And we will always wrap it up as we do with stoppage time. Edge, how are your fingernails going, mate? It's one week away. I'm starting to feel those nerves in my belly. Well, the Socceroos squad's been trimmed. We're looking forward to that game against Saudi Arabia. I think we're going to try and predict with Dean uh, what the starting lineup will be. And you know, I've mm-hmm. got mine ready to go. I'm not telling you what it is right now, but mm-hmm. later in the show we'll do that. How about Arsenal and the FFA, FA Cup? F- I shouldn't say FFA Cup. I've got that on my mind. Mm-hmm. But the FA Cup win. Uh, Arsene Wenger did it again. He'll get a two-year contract extension, mm-hmm. the uh, the pundits in the know in uh, England say. And uh, Mark Van Aken's over there. It's already done. Shaking it's already his done, head. Yeah. Shaking his head. Doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's plenty of fans that don't like it, isn't there, Mark? Well, we've got some audio later on the show, and day to everyone. Um, yeah, just jumping early. So the deal has been done. And as a Liverpool fan, I, I, I kind of like that it happened. <laughs> but it's just it's just pathetic. I mean, it's, it was just... If there's ever a time, it's just time for him mm-hmm. to, to part ways. This was it. They've missed out on the Champions League. And the club has just gone. Anyway, there's some interesting audio from Arsenal fan TV. Not as fiery, not as fiery as I would have liked, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, there was someone from the uh, the basically the Wenger out uh, group, one of the guys that was responsible for the plane that flew overhead uh, during the season. So there you go. Uh, we'll have a listen to that probably in second edition news. But how about how about the big news? And that's mm. the Australian connection at Huddersfield Town. Mm. He got him on his own, single-handedly. Aaron Moy did the job. Well, that's a big rap, single-handedly. I think a few other blokes might have something to say about that. But so. he was man of the match. He was player of the year. So I think it's a pretty um, – uh, well, it's a rap that he, he deserves. Um, and he's certainly getting it from all quarters because you, you look at any news service around the world, um, he's acknowledged as, as just the, the bloke that made the difference. So when we talk to Martin Shaw, I'm sure he will illuminate us a little bit more on that. But, Marco, can you – illuminate us on what else is going on. Well, I'm going to go a little bit off script, boys, because uh, something that's uh, basically come through and developed in the last 24 hours is Mm. reports uh, essentially starting the Daily Telegraph in News Corp and then being uh, rerun by 442 that the 10 network have reportedly struck a deal to broadcast the A-League and Socceroos friendlies on free-to-air TV for the next two seasons. The Daily Telegraph had reported, but mm. then retracted. But uh, again, I haven't quite seen throughout the day if they've uh, gone back again. Who I had the up, byline, mate? Uh, I didn't even say it, it was up and it was 
you know, been and gone in a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. So uh, Herald Sun also deleted all their tweets and they assumed the advertiser, etc., etc. Courier Mail would have run with the same yarn. I've tried to connect with John Stenshot, but John is uh, sort of chasing his tail as uh, as well. Of course, mm-hmm. our man from the Australian Financial Review. The reality is, uh, it's a two-year deal now. Ten and have the rights to the Big Bash for another season. Now, it's widely sort of thought that they will not get the next set of rights. The mm-hmm. Channel 9 will wrestle yeah. them off them. So maybe in the second year of this deal, there's potential. Because again, according to the report, and there's obviously a lot of water to go under the bridge, but this this would be, the A-League would be broadcast mm. on one. Of course, yeah. their secondary channel, formerly their sports channel, which is now kind of their, I guess, man, mm. man channel, their, mm. their male skewed channel. That's not the worst thing in the world, uh, because if you compare, I just quickly had a look at the Oztam ratings. Now, if you look at one, they range from a 2.3 share in Brisbane, which is not fantastic, but to mm. 2.9 in Perth. SPS 1 itself, the mothership, only goes from a 3.4 in Brisbane up to a max of 4.7 in mm. the cultured people of Melbourne. SBS Viceland, on the other hand, their lowest is 0.8 in Sydney, and their highest is a 1% share in Adelaide. So mm. if you talk about in raw numbers there... Um, you're talking about three or four times the audience mm. on one. Yep. And and again, it is a more, yeah, SBS Viceland, I still don't know what Viceland means, no. but that's more a newsy kind of, you mm. know, arty kind of channel. Mm. This is a blokey, man-oriented channel. And then perhaps, and again, we don't mm. really know the deal, details, and if it, it will actually be on 10, maybe in year two, mm. when the, uh, the Big Bash, as we think, might go to Channel 9. Will go to. Maybe it goes to Channel 10. Maybe it gets on the mothership, yeah. which then sends your ratings right through the roof. Well, so. well that's the thing. Gallup and, uh, and the crew at um, headquarters have, have got to be flexible with whatever they do. They've, they've, they, you know, the offers aren't uh, flooding in, so they've got to be flexible and negotiate some sort of deal that um, that, that has at least a, a roadmap to, to free-to-wear TV. So if it's not initially, then they've got to get it there eventually, don't they? Exactly right. And if you then contrast that, Fox Sports 505, where the A-League has almost all its mm. games broadcast and Socceroos games, has a 0.1 share. So just really put that in context. You're yeah. then looking, you're no mathlete, you've got about 30 times the audience watching, or yeah. 30 or up to 40 times the audience watching. Yeah, yeah. On the, one, so... Okay, well, well, it sounds like a positive story. Hopefully there's meat on the bones. And uh, watch this space. Anyway, Ange Postacoglu, you've heard of him, right, uh, has delivered an early warning shot at some of his underperforming stars before Australia, of course, the Australian players start arriving in Adelaide, declaring there are members of his current 23 who are fortunate to be there. Now, I know, mm. as you noted off the top, Dino will go into this in great detail a little later. This is, of course, for the Saudi Arabia game next Thursday in Adelaide. But I've got to say, Ange opens himself up for some criticism when mm. he keeps mm. picking a certain couple of players in there, yeah, yeah. including Robbie Cruz. Yes. yeah. Uh, uh, well, Robbie Cruz has got to be on his last legs, but will, but will he get a start? What's the point of picking him in the squad if you're not going to play him? Uh, so you wouldn't think that he's going to start him or, uh, you know, unless uh, desperate, run him off the bench against the Saudis. So maybe it's the friendly, maybe it's the Confederations Cup where they need the depth and a, a player of his experience to, to be involved. You wouldn't have thought he'd start again. I don't want to steal Dino's thunder. And of course, Dino is a you know, high-level coach and technical director. So his opinion is probably a little bit more valued than mine. However, you think, yeah, you're right. He, he probably wouldn't get the start against the Saudis, but mm. maybe then for that friendly a few days later mm. Mm. in Melbourne, the glamour friendly. Because you do want it, you'd, you'd want him to, to run him into form because we know his potential, don't we? So that you know, you, you don't want to cut him off too loose because once he's gone, you know, then others will just rise above him and uh, it might be the end of him. No, absolutely right. Now, of course, the pitch has been uh, a matter of conjecture in recent Socceroos games. Mm. Um, Ange is optimistic Adelaide Oval will be uh, in good nick for the game next week, and it was actually, to be fair. Last time they played there, help me out against uh, Tajikistan. Mm-hmm. When was that? In 20, last year's 28. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Help me out, Michael. A couple yeah, of years no. ago, we'll investigate. Last that. year, anyway. Yeah. So the last time Adelaide Oval put up, put together a mm. fine pitch for the Socceroos. Yeah, but we're a bit concerned about this one with good reason. All right, mate. Look, I know you've got plenty more to go. We'll stick around and and use that for second edition news at the start of the uh, the second hour. But I want you to listen carefully to what Scott McDonald has to say after the break. Will he be coming home? What's your prediction? Yes. Yes. Excellent. Love to hear that. Stick around with us because you're going to find out when we talk to Scott McDonald. That's next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport on digital radio streaming on all sorts of apps and, of course, the podcast on boxtoboxnts.com.au. Now, since his debut with the Gippsland Falcons nearly 20 years ago, Scott McDonald has had a glittering career in the UK, playing nearly 500 senior games for 164 goals, not to mention 26 games with the Socceroos. And last week, he announced that his time at Motherwell was over. His second stint, that is, he's the hottest of local products being talked about as coming back home with plenty of clubs vying for his signature. Welcome to Box to Box, Scott. And the question on everyone's lips, mate... Are you coming home? <laughs> uh, good evening, guys. Um, well, it's, it's definitely something that's uh, been considered by me and the family. It's on the cards. Um, we just have to wait and see now in terms of uh, the interest and the possibilities, um, but also uh, weighing up everything. And I'm still not ruling out, obviously, staying in Europe or, mm-hmm. or, or elsewhere also. Uh, I've just got to wait and see and play the waiting game at the moment and uh, see what comes up. Because it will be obviously a massive move. You spent so much time um, living in Europe that um, I guess once you come home, it's home for good. Of course it is. You know, I, um, you know, I, I made the statement earlier the other week, though, in terms of if I was coming home, um, it would be a great family choice and decision. Um, but that's not the main reason for, for, for really doing it. Also, it would be to come back and, and do well you know, mm. in, in the league mm. itself if I was to come back. Um, I really believe I, I do have something you know, to give and, and got many more years uh, to come. And yeah. um, Also, obviously, I don't think really people have always seen the, the best of Scott McDonald, you know, in terms of everyone keeps going on, and I'm sure you asked me about yeah. it, uh, you know, with the national team and, and my time there, and, and it wasn't so successful in terms of you know, goals. Um, mm. But, you know, hopefully it would be a chance to, to come back and, uh, you know, not prove a point, but, you know, show people exactly oh, don't what Don't underestimate you know, yourself, what, mate. What I mean, those of us uh, who've watched your career over the years uh, judge your uh, efforts on far more than that, mate. And, uh, you know, the luck of the draw can uh, can go any way and sway. But, mate, um, I, don't, I think you'll find a very warm welcome. And I don't know that, uh, you know, there's plenty of critics around, but, uh, mate, they, they don't erect statues to critics the last time I looked. Yeah, oh, look, uh, uh, it was a fantastic period to play for the Socceroos as well. You know, the players I played with, uh, it, was, it was an absolute honour. So, you know, I, I wouldn't change anything for the world with it. Um, but like I said, uh, you know, it'd be nice to come home and, and score goals, you know, for whoever that may well be and, and be successful. And I think that's something that, you know, was, was taken into consideration now as well, moving on from Motherwell. I've been here on two occasions and uh, getting to, you know, the later you know years of my career, I just felt, you know, it was time to move on now in terms of I just didn't want to get too stale. Um, being at the club, you know, in two different periods and, and now I've been here another two and a half years, I, I could just feel that coming on again. And, you know, I, I'm always, you know, as an individual wanting to achieve things, you know, collectively and individually. So I just felt now that the time is right for, for something new. 
Scott, you scored 25 goals for Motherwell in the last couple of seasons, so uh, you've been banging in a few goals. But um, what's your uh, understanding and expectation around uh, the A-League? Have you had a chance to have a close look at it? And what do you hear from um, from colleagues involved in the game about the standard? And uh, and, and do you think you'll... If, if you were to come home to Australia, do you think you'll slot in nicely? Yeah, well, the one thing that wouldn't take me by surprise is the actual quality of the game back home. You know, I have taken a lot more interest in the last year, year and a half, especially with the interest that was taken upon me uh, with certain football clubs. And I've been keeping a close eye on things, especially this year. We get great coverage over here um, on BT Sport um, with all the live games probably Saturday morning. So while I'm chilling, getting ready for my game, I, I get a chance to, to watch all the A-League games in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, technically the, the game is... You know, very good that we've got some great technical players. Um, obviously, it all depends on weather conditions as well, which I've seen. You know, sometimes you have to adapt and play in, in, in the heat, and I think that would be something massive for me being away for so long. It would it would take me a little while to get up to speed with that. Um, I was just about to and, say, if I was even if I was hmm. Scottish and uh, on a Saturday morning, I wouldn't want to go outside. I'd be watching the A League as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly right. So, but in terms of the game itself, it's come on leaps and bounds and. You know, just, you know, the attention it, it grabs now, and I know that they're, they're in negotiations with the new TV deals and everything like that. The game seems to be growing ever so much, and we really just hope from, you know, a whole footballing perspective that, you know, the national team can once again get to that World Cup and, and give everyone a, a, another big boost, and, you know, hopefully the, the ratings go up and up from there, and more interest is uh, created by that. What about um, last year it was reported that uh, you pretty much uh, almost... Uh um, move to the Wanderers, but it was your club Motherwell that scuppered the deal at the last moment with a hefty transfer fee. Did that leave uh, yeah. did that leave you um, in a difficult position to saddle up a, for Motherwell again this season, knowing that 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 happened? Um, well, it was partly the reason why I chose, you know, to to now finally move on. I think, you know, in in terms of what happened in January, that there was no bad blood between myself or the club. I understand the situation. I'm a contracted player, and I'm too long in the tooth now. I'm at an age where you know I'm not going to throw my toys out the pram. Yeah. Um, it was a fantastic opportunity for me and the family, uh, on a family note and, and on a footballing level, you know, to go over there. And Wanderers had the Asian Champions League, which was usually exciting for me. That prospect, and, and obviously the chance of you know making the finals and, and, and going to try and try and win the competition. Um, albeit, you know, mother will stuck to their guns. Uh, for a good couple of weeks and, and, and in the end it, we, we just couldn't get it over the line but it, it sort of did have a I wouldn't say it had a little effect on me in terms of my decision making after that and the last couple of months and how I felt and how you know in terms of you know the enjoyment of the game is it, it, slowly sort of sort of gone in the last couple of months being at Motherwell and I just feel now like I said I, I didn't want to get to that point where I had an option to stay another year and do I stay for another year and, and just you know, accept it and, and take the payday. Uh, it really wasn't of interest for me. It, it's all about the footballing reasons now for me, um, and and that's why I chose to to leave Motherwell in the end. This is box to box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to Scott McDonald, uh, ex Motherwell player, and hopefully soon to be Australian A League player. Absolutely, uh, Rob, and uh, and for the listeners right around Australia, because Scott, our, our program's a national program, you left Australia when you were 16 years old, so you've been away a long time. Um, tell us about um, um, life away from, just, just in, a, in a nutshell, life away from home f- for that long, and importantly, as you've got more experienced and you've seen more Australians 
apply their trade uh, overseas. Um, is there a bit of a, a brotherhood or a bit of a you know a good feeling amongst the Australian players that uh, that play in England and Scotland and uh, and do you keep an eye on your uh, your fellow compatriots at different clubs? Yeah, of course you do. You know, and uh, like you said, I've been away pretty much all my adult life uh, over here in the in the UK. And yeah, of, of course, whenever you know we play against each other or see each other, um, it's always very you know a warm welcoming. And uh, you know, we, more times than not, we were all catching up with the national team as well. So we, we all became pretty close. So I still bump into to Tommy Rogic every now and again, and mm. you know, in the small town of Glasgow as well. And he's just doing amazing. And obviously, coming off the back of the winner in the Scottish Cup final, I'm, I'm delighted for him and how well he's done at the football club. Especially after a slow start for him, you know, I think it took him time to adapt to, you know, the Scottish ways and, and, and the way of football here. But he's he's just come on leaps and bounds, and I, I expect him to get even better as, as time goes on. And yeah, you know, in terms of all us Aussie boys, we all keep in touch and, and all stick together. And um, it, it would be nice to see a few more come over now, you know, to Europe again. I think it's a real sticking point for our game. Um, but you're right. As long as this Asian mar- as long as this Asian market is now open to our players. You know, I, you know, I, I've got to be honest with you. If if I was in that position when I was that age and being offered some of the you know, sums of money that these boys are getting, would I have turned down that opportunity? Also, uh, I'd probably struggle to. You know, mm-hmm. whereas you know when we were growing up, that we didn't have those opportunities. You know, we, we had to to go out. The, the national league was you know not so successful, and was that you could only go so far in Australian football. Now it, it's it's developing, and, and players seem to be quite happy to stay in the A-League now and develop. Um, but it would be nice to see a few more. You know, it's good to see the likes of Jamie McLaren you know, come over now and uh, try and play his trade in Europe, and hopefully he can be successful also. And it'd be nice to see a few more, because I think, you know, if the national teams are developed, I think we really need those players to, to start coming back to Europe, because if you, you only need to look at our golden era to see, you know, where yes. I'm yeah. most successful and where all the players played, you know, and uh, it's no coincidence now that that's not happening, and you know I think if it's not to happen, then I think it's going to be a little while before we see a, a generation like that again. Yeah, exactly. And uh, look, we, we're going to talk to Martin Shaw from the Huddersfield Examiner about Aaron Moy after um, the break. But um, players like Jackson Irvine, who is a, a particular friend of the show, um, we um, we followed his career closely at Ross County, and uh, that's where he made his name, yeah. wasn't it? And uh, and to, uh, to to go through that grind, similar to what you did, to, to really earn his stripes and uh, and make his name now in the championship, and then uh, finally get his opportunity in the national side, and and really light it up in those last uh, World Cup qualifiers, uh, as you say. If they, they 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 work through the hard yards, then the the rewards are there. Exactly, you know, it's, it's, there's always tough periods when you come over in Europe, you know, and and stumbling blocks, and you sort of question yourself, and you'll get that period where do you feel it's right for you? Is it the is it right time to go home? But you know, more players than not that that have stuck at it have been successful, and, and Jackson's certainly one of those cases. You know, he comes to a stumbling block at Celtic and. Um, you know, he was in a situation there where they offered him another year and due to compensation, what did he do? And thankfully, Ross County managed to buy him out of that situation and uh, he was on, he, he went on to, to go and play a couple of great seasons at, 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 at Ross County and then got his move to Burton and I fully expect him to be of interest to other big clubs mm. you know, come this uh, window that opens up. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Scott, it's been great talking to you, mate. Um, hopefully uh, we'll have a chance to talk to you uh, again real soon. We'll be watching very, very closely to see uh, where your next move is. But, uh, look, 
you never know. You come home. You're yep. only 34. Ange has proven that he will pick players who are in form um, in whatever competition they're playing. There might be just one more chance if you light it up in the A-League. So come back home, you know, help the Wanderers win their first grand final. And, uh, mate, we might even be watching you in Russia next year. Well, you never know. Uh, <laughs> obviously, I would just love to come home and score yeah. goals. But I'll just I'll stop you on one thing. I'm 33. Ah, sorry, mate. <laughs> I'm not 30. <laughs> no, that's all right. Don't, I'll don't kick our researcher in the shins. <laughs> no, nah, that was my fault, mate. <laughs> well, well, happy early birthday for your 34th, mate, but you are 33. I'm not going to make you too old. That's great. Hey, Scott, thank you so much, mate, and uh, and all the best for your next decision. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, guys. Good Take on care. you, mate. As I mentioned earlier, Martin Shaw from the Huddersfield Daily Examiner. He's next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And storage key. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, this is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport across Australia. Now, Huddersfield Town have returned to the top flight of English football for the first time since 1972. And while few gave David Wagner's side any chance of achieving the impossible of promotion to the Premier League this campaign, the odds will be stacked even more against them next season to remain to tell us how the news has gone down at the John Smith Stadium. Welcome to Box to Box, news editor of the Huddersfield Daily Examiner, Martin Shaw. Yes, good evening. How are you? Mate, we're really good, Martin, but um, just uh, stoked to see a team like Huddersfield, who's got such a glorious history uh, over the, the last 100-plus years, uh, back in the top flight again. Well, it's, it's unbelievable. It's been a, a fabulous uh, few days for us, um, and I think we're all, you know, we, none of us have come down yet from uh, from the highs of, of what happened at Wembley. Yeah. Um, you, you know, it's the first time in, in 45 years that Huddersfield have been back in the uh, in the top flight. Um and, you know, we can't wait. Representing Yorkshire, there's so many of your uh, rival clubs up there, mate. They must be uh, gritting their teeth with envy. I think so, yes. I mean, Huddersfield are the only Yorkshire club in the uh, Premier League. I mean, we keep, we keep repeating that because uh, nobody <laughs> can believe it. Yeah. Um, it, you know, a, a small, you know, a relatively small football club, uh, a family club, a community club. Mm. And yet, you know, they've, they've achieved the, the unbelievable dream. Of, of promotion, yes, incredible. Well, take us back to the, uh, last uh, a couple of days ago at Wembley. It was incredible television, uh, middle of the night stuff uh, here in Australia. Two a.m. Uh, to about three a.m. was the was the drama of the second half. But Martin, just paint the picture of uh, what was an incredible penalty shootout, and in particular uh, the images of uh, Huddersfield's chairman David Hoyle uh, reverberate around the world as he had his head in his hands and and, and really unable to watch. Uh, just can you just take us through the significance of the penalty shootout and some of the emotions that uh, people involved with the club would have been riding. It makes the hairs on the back of my neck just stand up with, you know, hearing <laughs> you say that, really. Um, yeah, u- unbelievable. I mean, Dean Hoyle is, is a Huddersfield fan through and through. I mean, and again, that's, that's unique, isn't it, to have a, to have a, a fan owning a, a Premier League club. I mean, that's, that's, that's unbelievable in itself. Um, and and the, yeah, the, the, I've seen obviously on the, I was at Wembley myself, but I've seen the, the TV pictures back and and to see the the, the agony that uh, that Dean Hoyle was was going through was just unbelievable. I mean, he, he couldn't watch at times, could he? And he, he was yeah. just cringing, and it, it looked like he was going to keel over. Um, <laughs> it, it just it just means you know it just means absolutely everything to him, and uh, you know he took over the club. Uh, a club that was almost bankrupt um, um, eight years ago, and, uh, and and has just turned it around. Well, tell, um, tell but, us a bit of tell us a bit of the backstory to to Dean, because um, you, you mentioned he's a fan of the club, but he he is uh, when we when we were doing our research uh, 
really um, over the last couple of years a bit Huddersfield because you had uh, another soccerer, Jason Davidson, there last year, and then obviously Aaron Moy this year. But mm. but just tell us the backstory of De- of Dean Hoyle because he really has been instrumental in uh, in dragging the club out of the mire. He certainly has. Yes. Well, I mean, first and foremost, he's, he's uh, um, a fantastic businessman. I mean, he um, uh, there's a company over here called Card Factory. Um, a discount uh, greetings card uh, retailer, uh, and he set up that business from the the back of a van on the local market uh, and built it into a you know a, a nationwide uh, brand uh, before selling it for a a fortune. Um, so f- you know first and foremost is a fantastic businessman who's who's you know self made self made man, um, and uh, and a lifelong Huddersfield Town fan. And uh, when the opportunity came to uh, to take over the club, he uh, he, he, he grabbed it with both hands, but he, um, you know, he, he took his, his role really as seriously as a, a custodian of the club. And he said, "Well, I'm not going to throw silly money at it. I'm not going to go where you know other uh, club owners have gone in the past, and uh, you know, and, 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 and pump, pump you know endless amounts of money in. We're going to do it sensibly. We're going to build it." And, it. and he used his business principles to gradually build the club. You know, build the infrastructure and, and take it step by step. But I think what we've, you know, what we've seen, obviously, um, with the uh, promotions of the Premier League, is that they've taken, you know, a, gi- a giant step at the end there. You know, it's beyond his wildest dreams. I mean, he never, he, you know, he obviously hoped he would get the club to the uh, to the Premier League. But I think, really, in his heart of hearts, he never thought it was possible. But you know, he's, he's got the infrastructure and the planning behind him, and picking picking the uh, David Wagner as the uh, as the head coach has um, just you know, put the club into the stratosphere. Certainly has, and uh, we will get to Aaron Moy in a moment, but uh, we, we're not that parochial that we don't want to get through the, the real meaty <laughs> bits of this story. This is Box the Box on NTS News Talks, but we're talking to Martin Shaw from the Huddersfield Daily Examiner. And as your colleague uh, wrote in uh, in today's edition of your newspaper online, Blake Welton, uh, some of those mm. the, the five key points he, he identified were to keep, hold of David Wagner, and this, of course, is to, to, to have a good season next year, to uh, to continue to exploit the loan market, improve their goal ratio, which clearly needs to be done because we know the uh, achievement of town is even more miraculous, as he said, given they finished the season with a negative goal difference. Find a prolific goal scorer. Obviously, that ties in. And his final point, bring in some Premier League experience. I, I guess you'd concur with all those points, mate. Well, absolutely, yes. I mean, the, um, the, the, they've just made a, um, a key appointment uh, this morning in, the, in a new head of football operations. The, the previous one uh, left uh, last season, so they, 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 they've just uh, brought David Moss in. So he's going to be um, a key figure. He's come from Celtic. He's, he's going to be a key figure now, sitting down with, with Dean Hoyle and David Wagner in identifying the, uh, the players that they need. But uh, but yes, I mean, unbelievable that uh, that really Town, you know, came through the playoffs. Without scoring a goal, technically, mm. I think I think the, the Sheffield Wednesday goal was a was, was an own goal, really. So, um, you know, and two uh, you know two penalty shootouts to come up. So that's that's uh, you know a, a problem that needs to be uh, to be solved. Is is, is definitely a uh, a prolific goal scorer if you can find one, if you can afford one. Um, and uh, and yeah, so you know we, we need to know the, uh, the the players that were on loan at the end of the season. Um, you know the likes of, uh, of Aaron Moy and the um, and the two lads from uh, from Chelsea, Izzy Brown and Casey Palmer. We need to know, you know, what their situation is. Can can we keep them? Um, and then you know, and then try and find some more little nuggets, perhaps who have gone under the radar, to, uh, to 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 build a Premier League squad. 
Well, Martin, tell us about the Australian connection, Aaron Moy. He's had a wonderful season. He's not the most talkative of gentlemen, Aaron. He, he very much lets his football do the talking. I'm sure you've learnt that. But tell us about, uh, for all of our listeners around Australia, we're very proud of uh, our Socceroos who ply their trade in foreign leagues. And Aaron, um, when he went to Huddersfield Town on loan from Manchester City, uh, we were asking questions about whether that was going to be a great move for him, but it's turned out to be absolutely brilliant. Uh, he's had a stellar season. In your words, can you explain his impact uh, for your club? Uh, well, yes. I mean, quite simply, when, when Aaron Moy plays well, Huddersfield Town plays well. He's been the, the player of the year and, uh, and, and, and been the absolute uh, standout figure. Um, I've got to say, I, I've never heard of him when, when he came to Huddersfield uh, 12 months ago. Um, uh, I know he did start his career in, in, uh, at uh, Bolton, but, uh, but he was a, an unknown quantity to me and I think to, to a lot of the town fans as well. But he, he quickly endeared himself to the, uh, to the fans. Uh, yeah, re- a real very quiet man. He's, he's got a young family. Recently got married, um, and he's certainly not your uh, stereotypical uh, Australian. <laughs> no, he could have put the words "loudmouth Australian" in there if you wanted to. He wouldn't have been offended. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not a stereotypical Yorkshireman either, so uh, so I don't wear a flat cap or have a, a whippy top. Um, but I've been known to call a, a spade a shovel sometimes. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, so uh, you know, a, a quiet man, but you know, he, he, can, he can he can spot a pass. His, his dead ball delivery is is uh, first class, um, and he's undoubtedly um, you know a Premier League player in, in in sort of all but appearances at the moment. Um, so yes, I mean, can, can Huddersfield um, keep hold of him? I mean, that's the that's the big question. I see that there's some speculation at the moment that uh, saying that Manchester City have, have agreed to sell him or are ready to sell him. Um, is, is that good, good news for Huddersfield Town or not? Um, I suspect he's, he's now on the radar of a lot of Premier League clubs. Mm. Um, he'll come with a big price tag. Um, it may well be out of Huddersfield Town's price bracket. You know, will, will, will Manchester City think? Well, maybe we'll we'll we'll, we'll uh, loan him out for another season. He may well he may well he might not get into the. Uh, to the city uh, starting starting eleven this coming season, but will he have another, with another twelve months um, experience under his belt? Will will we have a real player on our hands? They might just think, well, let's um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll do Huddersfield uh, we'll do Huddersfield a favour, let him let him stay on on loan at Huddersfield for another season, and uh, you know, and the, and the city will still be able to cash in, you know, another season down the line. Well, maybe um, maybe uh, your chairman um, Dean Hoyle can put an extra few pounds on season tickets next year to mm-hmm. raise the money to to, uh, to pay the transfer fee for Aaron Moy because I understand uh, membership membership fees or membership tickets to uh, go and see Huddersfield in the Premier League next year are only going to cost a hundred quid. Is that right? Can you confirm that that is uh, in fact? Uh, a, a, not just a rumour, but the chairman has said as a res, as a result of uh, going up to the Premier League and celebrating for the fans, he's put a special deal in place for the for the people who had tickets last year or this year. Well, you, you, you're almost right. Um, I mean, what they've what they've done for for, for next season's uh, season ticket prices is is £199 for anybody, or was £199 for anybody to buy a season card. So to go to all the uh, to go to all the whole matches, just £199, which is Absolutely unbelievable when, uh, when when it can be a thousand <laughs> exactly when it can be a thousand pound plus, can't it for uh, yeah uh, for, for for most uh, for, for many of the Premier League clubs. Um, but more than that, I mean, it's some some fans there's more than four thousand fans are going to get ninety nine pound cash back, um, so they're going to get half the money back. 
um, because he made a what we call a, a personal premiership pledge at the time back in 2008, um, or, or 2010 actually, just two years after he took over the club. Um, he, he said that if um, if town fans uh, remain season ticket holders continuously through every year, and if the club was fortunate enough to get promoted to the Premier League for that first season in the Premier League, the fans would pay just £100 for their season ticket. Uh, so the man he, of the year. He's, <laughs> exactly. He's, he's, he's honouring that pledge. It was a very bold pledge. It's going to cost him a lot of money. It's going to cost him you know, £400,000 um, at least. Uh, but he's honouring that pledge. Mm. And so fat fans who've paid the £199 a few weeks ago, in the next couple of weeks, are going to get £99 cash back. So they are going to watch. So there's going to be 4,000 Huddersfield fans are going to be able to watch Premier League football next mm. season for £100. Yeah, that's brilliant I mean, news. And, it, know, it, and, and it, it's the sort of stuff that builds culture, isn't it? And uh, and loyalty with the, with the team. And uh, and as you say, uh, you know, it was speculation at the time he made the offer, but you're certainly going up. And anyone who suggests that Huddersfield Town aren't uh, uh, in, um, you know, their rightful position ought to reflect back on, I think it's 1924, 25, 26, when they were the first team to win the top flight uh, uh, three consecutive occasions and only three other teams. You were just a baby it. then, Rob. Yeah, exactly. Surprised you uh, remember that. Arsenal, Manchester United and Liverpool. <laughs> So, so that's the sort of company Huddersfield Town are keeping, and they'll be playing alongside those teams. So they've got a fanta- fantastic uh, history, haven't they, mm. Huddersfield Town? And uh, obviously, that, that's you know almost beyond living memory, isn't it? That uh, mm. in, in the 1920s. But I mean, but yes, you know, a, a fantastic historic mm. uh, football club. And, Correct. Uh, and yes, de- de- deservingly of, of, of a place at the top table. Yeah, no, it's great to see, and uh, and we love uh, our football um, in Australia, mate. As you know, uh, we love all our sport over uh, over here, but uh, it, we love seeing. Uh, and we love our Australian connections too. Oh, we do. We yeah. <laughs> I, did, I said we're not that parochial, but we are, mate. So, uh, uh, Martin, <laughs> thank you, mate. We'll look. Hopefully, we'll talk to you during the season, and um, hopefully, Aaron will stay, and uh, and uh, we might have a, a bit of a, a chat, um, you know, on, on occasion to, to just uh, to pick up on the story. Yeah, I'll be happy to do that. Yeah. Thank see you, you in so the Premier much. League. Ah, we'll see you there, mate. Martin Shaw from the Huddersfield Daily Examiner. Thank you, mate. Next up, stick around because Dino is going to look ahead to the Socceroos taking on Saudi Arabia next week at the Adelaide Oval. And what a big match that is going to be. That's all next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Now, the man we've been waiting for... Former Notts County man, 250-game veteran of the Victorian Premier League, Hume City Technical Director, our very own Dean Hennessy. One week and counting. This time next week we will know a, a, a better picture of the, uh, the the World Cup um, journey of the Socceroos, Dino. Yes, it's a big, big game. Uh, really looking forward to this game. And uh, it's second v third. And there's a lot, for, in my opinion, a mm. lot uh, that was going to be carried here if we win, because mm-hmm. uh, I've worked out, you know, as, as you do, if you win 2-0, we mm-hmm. go second on goal difference. And that could be... And remember, we talked to Ante last week, and yeah, I, we I pretty much had us, uh, um, you know, battling for second spot and out of the equation completely for first spot. But uh, it's not very often that a coach or assistant coach then argues against the, the press to say, well, hang on, we're not quite out of it yet. We think we could... He didn't say these words, but his answer uh, suggested that, that they still think that they're not out of the equation for top spot on that. Well, you don't you don't know. Like if they were to turn this game into in, into obviously three vital points, um, 
change the goal difference. A 1-0 win doesn't do it, but certainly a 2-0 does to get you in actually mathematically in the top two spots. What's then stopping with the confidence of that, then going to mm. Japan and getting a result there? And I guess that's maybe where mm. the coaching staff's heads are at. Mm. And then if that can then be transformed to the playing group to mm. believe the same same thing, then mm. why can't we do it? You yeah, know, we are the, the Asian and possible. we are the Asian champions. And yeah. whether we've been in form or not in form or whatever you want to mm. say in between it, mm. we are where we are. And it's really coming now down to what's happened in the past, but really more important, what's mm. going to happen next week. Yeah. Can I give you my team? Yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah, I've, I've, had, a, I've yeah. had a little go. I've had a go at putting the team. So has Dean. We've kept it away from each other to see if there's many differences. So I'll uh, I'll lead the uh, batting here. Uh, uh, Matty Ryan in goal, obviously. Uh, the three at the back, Milligan, Sainsbury and Bailey Wright. Uh, so say that again, Milligan. Milligan. Sainsbury. Sainsbury and Bailey Wright. Yep. Uh, the four in the midfield, uh, Leckie, Yedinak, Moy and Brad Smith. Okay. And the three up front, Irvine, Rogic and Juric. No Robbie Cruz for me. He hasn't been playing. Don't play him. Dana? Um, what, what are the... What are the what, how different are we, Dean? Are we very different? Yeah, we are a little bit. I mean, look, um, I'm with you. I mean, I can see... I can see Milligan going in at, on the right side of the defence. Um, and obviously, Sainsbury Central with Bailey Wright. Yeah. On the left, uh, yeah. that's how they. I think that's where they were when we were last in, in Iraq. Yeah, and also yeah, that's that's correct. Yes. Yeah, so, so I think that's how that will that will fit in. No, I mean, that was the last game in Sydney. Sydney. Yeah. But yeah. no, I think there was one also. He tried it as yeah, well. Didn't, Sainsbury didn't play. In Sainsbury Iraq, didn't play, yeah. but he also brought Wright, if you remember, he did. away. He did. And he played him and switched yeah. him over to that left. And he had Smith in Sydney. Smith played uh, on the left side of midfield. I know. Uh, yeah, it could be. Could be. I well, mean, give us your team. Come no, on. No, look, I've got I've got Moy in there. Give obviously. us your team. And I've got. Uh, Go from the back. I've got. Well, I've, I've, I think it's Ryan, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Langerak gets a gig. Yeah. Because I thought he was very good, but I think again he'll go because well, Ryan's he feet Ryan. he believes yeah. are better. Yeah. So again, we'll most probably agree to agree that Milligan, Sainsbury, and Wright. You've got Moy, and then you've got uh, Jedinek in the middle. Yep. You could. You could have Smith out there, uh, but you could also go Lecky and you could go Rogic out in wide areas. Yes. Yep. I think Rogic might play in the centre. He might. As a striker. Need yeah, goals. Well, there, there is that rumour I heard, I think it was two days ago, maybe maybe even yesterday. Um, I think Jackson Evans got to start. Yeah, he'll start. And, uh, and Tommy Urich has to start. Well, I don't know. I don't know. He's in good form. Yeah, don't know though. Three goals in the last five games. Depends again. I think I think the only area I look at it differently. Well, it's either is, him or Cruz. Yeah, no, no. I'd actually go maybe different again. I'd even go McLaren. If if they're going to play high, you get McLaren with his pace and getting in behind. But if they play deep, then most probably a Urich would be the answer, and or maybe a Rogic, which is not most. I mean, if you looked at the goal he scored. Uh, in the cup final, um, in well, the nine minutes was yeah, from no, a wide area, right, and squeezed it and, between the and he took and three or four players on, beat them down the side, mm. and, and and it was really direct where there was so a bit of room. Can we, let's, so we agree on Ryan, we agree on Milligan, Sainsbury, and Wright. Yep. Do you have any different defenders? Dedenek on the right is potential. Yeah, Dedenek is a is a yeah, chance. I think Milligan's in front of him though. Yeah, me too. 
But okay. what, about good, the, what about the midfield? Regularly, I've got though. Lecky, Yedinak, Moy, and Smith in the midfield. Again, Smith not playing. You haven't got him. Yeah, he's not playing. He's not playing. So I mean, if, if Smith doesn't play wide in the left, who does? Well, again, you, it depends. I mean, can, Jackson can play anywhere. What about in the that new midfield? boy. The new uh, Rustic. He's, uh, yeah, I don't think he can put him straight it's into a big, big game like it's this. It's a big one, yeah. isn't it? Um, no, I think he's going to play uh, against Brazil and maybe some like. So I, I, my concern. Put a rabbit out of that. I guess my concerns are if you look at uh, Tim Cale, has not played an awful lot of football this year, even though he's. Well, I don't think he can start Tim. No, Cale. and I think he's a, an impact player. Um, Robbie Cruz has, hasn't played that much football either. No, you so, can't, so you can't count him in. But again, they're in the squad. This is my point. Well, we know Postacoglu loves Robbie Cruz, so I wouldn't. Troisi has been in really good yeah, form. Yeah, Troisi's mm. the one, isn't he? he Troisi's one where you could throw him into the equation and so mix Irvine, and match. Irvine could play on the left. Irvine can play anywhere in that yeah, midfield or up top. Um, yeah, so Troisi's the one. I find as well, like Smith ahead of Bayich, right? Again, I don't get it. Because Smith hasn't played. We've done the stats. Mm. He hasn't played hardly any football but ever, right? An- now, Ange played him in the last game, so you would expect him I, to I get that. Figure. But Bayic has yeah. been brilliant in Turkey mm. and been playing week in, week out. And it's in, a, it's in a tough league. And you can't mm. then say, yeah, but um, Smith, no, no, Smith, Smith's in the Premier League. Well, he is, but he doesn't well, play. I gave you my team. You've, you've, no, you've, you've just, named 17 people in your team, don't you? No, I haven't. I'm just throwing some options to your team where you could look and yes. view it. I mean, at the end of the day, Ange is the manager. He is. And we're going to back him in. And, we are, and we've supported him from day one. But I think it's healthy. Mm. I do think it's healthy that you do challenge it. And, but every um, now and then we have seen him contradict himself. He'll come out with a firm position on picking players who are playing and then a player bobs up. Like Robbie that, Cruz has uh, yeah. played a lot for the Socceroos when he hasn't been playing. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Inter- the one that stands out. Interesting. And obviously Matty Ryan, when he was in Spain at Valencia, wasn't getting yes. a regular game, but was mm. con- holding any spot in the mm. national And then you've got the two McGowans in yeah, well, the squad. I, I can't fit them in. How, how can you fit them in? No, I'm not saying you can, but it's, it's interesting that you've got two of them. Uh, two for the, for the price of one. Interesting, I've read as well is, and if I think I've got this right, that the 30-man squad, which obviously we just talk about that, who got pulled out of it was Birigiti from Swansea, our boy Ryan Graham, uh, Gersback, Jago, uh, Amini, uh, McGree, Goodwin, all deleted from the squad. But the soccer is 23 for Saudi Arabia, Brazil. And the Confederations Cup, so that's it. It's it's this these 23. Right. Yeah. Unless there's an injury. Unless, and then they'll have injury replacement. But I think that maybe does that then just get all those boys then they can go away on their holidays now. I think so. But uh, Goodwin was the one that I thought might have been a bit stiff. He had a very good year in Holland. I thought he might have been stiff. So looking at the game now, where how do you believe um, Saudi Arabia? How do you think they are going to approach this game? Well, they'll come and sit. They'll be looking for a draw. They'll be looking to get a point. I can't see them play on the counter. They'll definitely try and play on the counter. This has got to be all-out attack from Australia. So we we've, we've, got, we've got to we try and grab that goals, early goal yeah. and really open early goal. Yeah, yeah, without doubt. Early yeah, goal early then brings them... Yeah. You know, an early, early goal so I then... I think it'll be a very attacking formation. Mm-hmm. It, take them on. An early goal will be equal on points, but then we'll just mm. be behind by one goal in goal difference. Mm. Again, you don't want to really... 
from Saudi Arabia's point of view, you don't want to risk that. You want to go back into the game and try and get a point. And what interested me when talking to Ante Milicic last week was that they were they were um, preparing in Europe and that they hadn't come to Australia and that they don't like playing in Australia. So that that gives me some confidence that um, that if we do get up early, that um, we can really rattle them. Do we read into also? I'm just going to play devil's advocate here just quickly. Is that we've obviously got the support group going over. Um, which is an observing team with Kevin Muscat, uh, Ross Aloisi, yes. and also Darren Davis. Yes. Are we reading into something there in the sense, is there a progression potentially going to happen? That if Ange was to leave the post at some date into the future, that this could potentially be the, um, you know... Well, let's leave that question hanging in the air. I think Dean's run out of time. He's reading, reading into right. it, isn't he, Rob? He is. But we'll talk about it more next week. Stick around, though, because after the break, we're going to talk more football with Bill Papasturgiades. He's going to talk to us about Roberto Carlos. Dean's going to return to talk the international game, and we will wrap it up with stoppage time. That's all coming up next on Box to Box. Now, this is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. Absolutely fantastic! Welcome back to Box to Box, second edition news shortly. Then we'll chat to South Melbourne director Bill Papastogiatis to tell us about Roberto Carlos's visit to the club. And of course, Dino he returns with everything going on in the international game and a very good look at the Champions League final this weekend. We will wrap it up with stoppage time. A little bit of fun with Aaron Moy and his uh, his uh, conversation with uh, Martin Shaw from the Huddersfield Examiner, who we talked to in the first hour. Not the, the most... Um, Erudite of uh, of interviews, but uh, but there's a, a bit of fun to be had there nonetheless. Yep. In good humour, of course. Marco, I hear you. What else is on in the world of football news? Well, there's going to be a cast of thousands uh, on the bench for the Socceroos as they are heading to this... Uh qualify next week and then into the friendly against Brazil and then of course the big challenge of the Confed Cup with Kevin Muscat, Darren Davies and John Alosi all joining Ange and the Socceroos at the Confed Cup. Mm. Now the three coaches will join Postacoglu's technical staff in June with Melbourne Victory Manager Muscat acting as an observing coach mm-hmm. while his assistant Davies and Brisbane Raw number two Ross Alosi will work as scouts. The latter two men will attend other nations matches and report back to Postacoglu. Now this is interesting in because I don't know if is Josip Gumbel Grumpy, angry men in that uh, little coaching panel. There'll be some interesting. <laughs> there'll be some interesting dinners. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Some old war stories to be had. Interestingly, Graham Arnold not there because um, he hasn't been given a call up. Um, gee whiz. It's just interesting, too, because I don't know if Josip Gumbau is actually there as well. He should be, but maybe I know he's got that squad he's brought together, and I'm forgetting my timelines there, but... Yeah, no stone will be left unturned. It's certainly a far cry from back in the day with uh, no, telling, story, telling tales out of school, Michael, but with a certain former Socceroos coach who had his his one assistant and just when Ange was the Oli Roos coach, just didn't really use him a hell of a lot in terms of scouting and, and getting on board. So we've gone from sort of having a two-man show to about a, here we are telling tales out of school, uh, to about an eight-man show. So we'll just leave it at that and move on. Any I love when Mark goes off of those tangents. If you just be quiet. Well, no, I'm thinking of the story you told me. And, <laughs> yeah, I'm really, and, well, and, and that person, uh, for anyone who hasn't worked it out, is, of course, Pim for Bacon. You're never going to hear no, about, no, about no, Pim for Bacon. No, Robert it's actually Rossi. not. It's it's pre-Pimper Bake. So, it is. It's yeah. pre-Pimper Bake. Okay, well, who was it? Spittle Burns. Come on. Your mate from North Queensland, the flower boy. The flower man. Frankie. Ah, oh, Frankie Farina. Yes. Anyway, Man United fear they will lose out to Real Madrid and Barcelona when it comes to signing the best young players on the continent after Britain leaves the European Union. Clubs within the EU and European Economic Arena 
area receive arena is it receive an exemption from FIFA regulations allowing them to transfer 16 and 17 year old players between countries in the region as we know just like us you can only uh, you know, sign foreign players over the age of 18 which basically means man United are worried that they're going to be starting to lose talent and I think they've they're not alone in the EPL with those fears boys mm. Realistic fear, <laughs> and it needs to be sorted out. Uh, I think there'll be movement on that one, though, wouldn't there? Well, they need to get that deal done before Brexiting, and the reality is I don't think Europe would be really in the mood to negotiate too favourably with them at this point, and that comes on the back, of course, uh, Dino talking about the European stuff a little later in the hour, including uh, that news that's come out uh, with uh, CAS and uh, Atletico Madrid, which is uh, going to cause them a world of pain, but also might impact Man United as well if they're to uh, get their hands on Mr Griezmann. So... Watch this space, boys. Now, I find this one pretty hilarious. Brisbane, which, and I tell you what, Brisbane Raw don't share my... my hilarity. My hilarity, yes. Brisbane Raw will appeal a hefty fine from the Asian Football Confederation for not providing international buffet-style meals for a group of travelling Champions League match officials. The AFC has refuted claims from Raw Managing Director Mark Kingsman that they were sanctioned because the six-man delegation was unable to eat lobster twice a day, <laughs> accusing the club of a lack of respect for the competition's strict regulations. Now, this is interesting. Brisbane have been battered from pillar to post here. It's their fifth indiscretion this year alone, with the club having sl- having been slugged 58000 US dollars by the AFC. They were, they were penalised 25k for not covering the naming rights sign outside Suncorp Stadium at the AFC's request, while coach John Aloisi's failure to attend a flash interview after a match in Korea cost them another cost actually him and the club ten thousand dollars each. Mm. The latest fines issued last week stemmed from of course April's home clash against Kashima Antlers. They ate lobster at night. They just didn't have it at lunchtime, Kingsman told yeah, well, the, the, well the line's funny, but with respect to, to Brisbane I mean, they're, they're pretty, number... pretty serious things. I mean, you got to cover that. Those stadiums have to be clean. Oh, that, that for yeah. sure. I yeah. mean, there's, there is, uh, and John Aloisi not turning up to a flash yeah. interview. We more, we more, or might think that's funny, but they're, no. they're actually mandatory requirements for broadcasters and so yeah. forth. So I think they've got to cop their whack here and, and learn. But not from a it. lobster, not lobster gate. Sure. Well, I think, <laughs> I think surely they've been some Morton Bay bugs. I actually least. think that one is uh, maybe just a bit of um, a little exaggerated. What uh, your friend who uh, your friend from America calls fake news, isn't it? Not my friend, mate. Uh, now, uh, the, the interesting thing here, too, John Aloisi, I mean, what do we reckon he'd be on up there at Brisbane? A couple hundred What's K? Two, three hundred? Three hundred grand. Three hundred grand. Two, two fifty. So, three hundred grand, then, of course, you know, you get a nice whack of tax. You reckon Dino's put four fingers up, so he mm. wants us to say four hundred. Yeah, and if you, and if you read the article, K, the, the way I interpreted it, Dean, uh, Mark, the was, that, was that they, they, it's not as if they've got to send the money in. They're deducting it from their, their fees, so yeah. they're just not going to get it. So yeah, but you don't they get, you don't get fees in the group stage anyway. Yeah, so. but, no, but they, get, I, they get allowances, yeah, they do. Anyway, the point, the point I'm trying to make there is the US 10,000, what's that, 12, 13, 14 grand? That would not be, I don't think his wife would be particularly happy with him because that is a big bloody whack. Yeah, but Johnny did okay over the years. so um, He had a decent know. playing career, didn't he? Mm. Did now, he? as we touched on... Osawana? Hey? Osawana? Osasuna. Osasuna, man. Anyway, Arsene Wenger will stay on as Arsenal manager as we touched off off the top, earning a new two-year contract on Wednesday despite missing out in the Champions League. He did, of course, win the FA Cup, as you touched on, Michael, which, boo-hoo. Um, and congratulations to Arsenal. Quite a they, fine now, I know, I know Dino, through the glass, will be getting upset. with the, He loves the tradition of the FA Cup. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, they've won 13. It's a record. Yet they've never won Europe, even once. So, well done, Arsenal. Now, let's hear from Mark King from the Arsenal protest group. He made his feelings known about Wenger on Arsenal's, of course, world-famous fan TV. The man is... Uh... He's like, he, he always reminds me he's like a gambler chasing his losses now. 
he's, he's going to keep going uh, and he's gambling with his legacy and I think he'll keep going until he, he, he ruins it completely mate because mm. he still thinks he can win the Premier League he still thinks he can mount a, 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 a title a, a go at the Champions League it's not going to happen not Stan, Stan Cronkay said in his statement that he's the right man for the job Stan Kroenke doesn't know the first thing about football, does he? Let's be honest. Yeah? He's the right man for Stan Kroenke because he'll do what Stan wants him to do. He'll keep the money ticking over. Stan's probably thought, all right, OK, I'll give you one year leeway at, at losing the Champions League money, but it's not a huge problem. Um, all of that stuff that we've heard today, mate, all of those quotes that have come out is just recycled bullshit. I tell you what's recycled bullshit, those guys. I tell you what, I mean they might have a few followers uh, on the uh, in the digital world, but um, they're no, they're a long way away from making decisions. I mean they they need to suck it up. They they won the FA Cup and they're whinging. I mean really, really. I yeah, think they've so they done numbers numbers nothing there. in the I mean, Prem for 13 years. They've done nothing in the Champions League for 20 years. And, they, under and they, there's got to be someone speaks for the fans, doesn't there? I mean, especially when there's the the amount of, of stories and protest movements, etc. So I mean, somebody's got to speak for them, don't they? I'm going to say that Arsenal fan TV. Now keep in mind, the Arsenal fan TV are not necessarily pro or against. Um, Venga, this is a particular group that, that's that right, appears that's on, a, yeah. on the show. They, no, they do an awesome job, and it's so much fun watching those characters that come on because there's people that are regularly on there and, mm. and that North London and that is, you know, the Cockney. You know, yeah, anyway, it's just funny watching that stuff. Now, uh, Barcelona have named former athletic Bilbo, Bilbao rather, coach Ernesto Valverde as the successor to Luis Enrique, and he will take charge of the La Liga runners-up on a two-year contract. Valverde will be unofficially invited, was, un- was unveiled on Thursday. And, of course, he played for Barca back in 88-90 to 90 under Johan Cruyff. So they're very happy because, he's, again, Barcelona have a history of really only bringing in people that uh, have had a history at the club and understand the, uh, the Catalan way, boys. Absolutely. Well, uh, that's to be expected. Uh, so, Trent Sainsbury, what's going on with him? You're going to skip over James Meredith with all, James, with all due respect there, James. Mm. Now, oh, what do you mean? Don't skip over James. Oh, no, well, hang on. Okay. You can get back to him. But Ten Trent days Sainsbury. after his Bradford City narrowly missed out on promotion to the English Championship, fringe soccer as defender James Meredith has joined the club that delivered the heartbreak. Millwall announced early on Tuesday Meredith had signed a two-year deal and will start the Lions on July 1 pending a... Medical, so a long line, of course, of Aussies. So the reason I asked you to uh, mention that is because he was copping some stick from the Millwall fans uh, over the last couple of years, so he now gets to watch his fans give stick to other players in no other way that Millwall fans can do it. They are unique in their capacity to inflict outrage and scorn on opposition fans. If you can't beat them, join them. Absolutely. Now, Socceroos defender Trent Toon Sainsbury has been yellow-carded in his debut for Inter Milan almost four months after <laughs> signing <laughs> for the Serie R Giants. Sainsbury came on 70 minutes, 71 minutes into the Nerazzurri's 5-2 win over Udinese in their final match in the Serie A last weekend. 25-year-old replaced left-back Davide Sanson. He became the first Australian, interestingly, to play for the club in its 109-year history. And there we go. He plays uh, eight, 19 minutes on the last day of the season and bang, he's straight in the soccer squad. Good well, work. at least he got a start after all. As, uh, as they'll help me out here. Bloody hell. Oh, as Harry Bingham would say, good game when you're winning. Anyway, former Brisbane. Now, this is to talk about the wages before, actually, with John Aloisi. Clearly, Mike Mulvey wasn't on the same wicket that we reckon uh, uh, the old uh, head and shoulders man is on because former Brisbane Royal coach Mike Mulvey's lawsuit against the A-League club has ended with the parties settling the matter outside of court. 
Mulvey was sacked back in November 2014. It was reportedly seeking about $270,000 in damages, the equivalent, according to a report, of an 18-month payout. So you can do your math on that. As a hearing was listed between Mulvey and the club at the Championship Brisbane District. winning coach, Mike Mulvey. You should Absolutely put in right. So if you do your sums there, he was only on, a, what's that, about 100 high, high ones. So I see Johnny's got a better better agent than Mike Mulvey, that's for sure. Anyway, over to you, Rob. And and for the people who missed your uh, sort of oblique reference to the former head and shoulders man, you're referring to the one commercial deal that John Aloisi got after that wonderful uh, uh, goal that got us into the World Cup from the anti-dandruff shampoo, aren't you? That's the one. That's yeah. my gag. I always say he's head and shoulders the best choice to be coaching the Brisbane Royal. <laughs> you are outrageous. Well done, Marco. Thanks. You can probably buy some of that at Chemist Warehouse too. I, absolutely you can. Zing. You can buy it all there. Well done, brother. Next up, Bill Papasturjadis from the South Melbourne Football Club. Look, I'll tell you, if they... Uh, all they were doing was uh, was um, putting on a, a sort of a, a press junket for Roberto Carlos. They did it well because they got the publicity they wanted. So let's find out what Bill has to say about it all after the break. Hela sole ole. Box to box. Can you believe it? For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Spot on digital radio, streaming via various apps, of course, and on our podcast, Box to Box. NTS.com.au is where you find it. Now, South Melbourne are continuing their charm offensive to the FFA and the football world, and this week they paraded Brazilian and Real Madrid great. Roberto Carlos at their Albert Park facility as the club pushes to maintain the momentum in their bid to join the A-League to tell us all about it and how their plans are evolving. Welcome back to Box to Box, Bill Papasturjadis. Thanks for having me on your radio, and um, good to be with you and your listeners. Absolutely, Bill. So, uh, so mate, was this a publicity stunt uh, so far out from any potential elevation? Uh, please answer that question for us, because to many in the, the game, it looked like that uh, from the outside. Um, not at all. Um, it, it would it would have been a very expensive publicity stunt if that was the purpose for it, mm-hmm. um, and we're certainly not interested in that. I mean, I think that. South Melbourne has demonstrated all the way along that whatever it says, whatever bold statements it makes, it wants to back them up. And um, we um, had been in discussions with Roberto Carlos now for some months, um, had been talking to him in Spain, um, in Madrid, and um, this this dialogue had been going on for about almost four months now, and um, he was as keen as we were for the purposes of... Um, I've come down to Melbourne. In fact, we've been asking us quite a few times, put a contract in front of me, guys, put a contract. And we were saying to him, we'd love to, but let's we need to make through the next step. So genuine interest from um, both sides. Um, isn't that one of the issues that uh, uh, we need to explore, Bill? Um, aren't you putting the cart before the horse? I mean, there is a... A long way to go in relation to the the future structure of the A League, a, a potential B League or second division, um, South Melbourne's participation in that, uh, etc. So isn't this um, isn't this a sign of um, of the club being uh, a little presumptuous and uh, at, at best and at worst uh, incompetent? Um, I think at the end of the day, what it reveals is that um, we're not going to leave things um, as they are. Um, that we're a club that is prepared to invest and invest heavily in its own development and its own future. Um, and it's a club that's also going to push the agenda too. Um, and it's not a story about South Melbourne. I think it's a story about football. So what we're doing is we're creating stories about our code, the football, the game we all love, 
um, during an off-season and bringing in the media to talk about these issues. At the end of the day, whether we succeed or not, um, that'll be up to others. Um, but certainly from our perspective, we're going to generate the discussion, the dialogue, the narrative. Um, may I say to you on, on this issue about what does it mean to have someone like Roberto Carlos? That's a question you should ask our nine-year-olds and our ten-year-olds um, and our eight-year-olds when he took them for training just a couple of nights ago. And he spent two hours with them, um, taking them through drills, teaching them how to deliver a ball with intensity and speed, um, how to beat a player, and in more telling was the conversation he then had with them, with 40 of them, we had about 40 kids, all young kids, who he sat down and did a Q&A and answered about 55 questions mm-hmm. with patience and honesty um, and with humility. Um, and, um, you know, that speaks volumes about the narrative of football, guys. I mean, that's what it's about, you know, creating interest and passion those kids are never going to forget him. And in fact, I, I was standing next to him when a kid who would have been no taller than two feet high um, had a broken nose. I don't know how he managed to even do that. He, wouldn't have been, he would have been about six and a half years old. He had a tear in his eye and he walked up to me and said, I want to be just like you when I grow up. So for me, that's what it's about, guys. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's passion and, you know, and it's commitment. And really, it's an important story to tell. And we shouldn't be dictated by other codes about when to put a hand up and, you know, and ask for permission um, to drag a little bit of the attention away from all the other codes when I think our game deserves more. And, you know, I think, you know, I've been a fervent believer in South Bid being part of a broader narrative about football and all the other bits. And, mm. you know, I'm encouraging as many well, other you're teams. definitely getting the publicity there, Bill. Yeah, yeah to you, put yes. their hand up. Bill, um, so you've obviously, the club and uh, your board have made the decision that Chris Taylor is not capable of coaching in the A-League? Um, so what we've said with Chris is he's going to be part of the equation, you know, Um and we also need to think so he's about... So he's obviously you've made the decision and you've made the assessment that he's not capable of being the head coach no, in the A-League? I, I, I don't believe any of those assessments have been made. What, what, what has happened is that we've... Um, but you've entered formal negotiations about... with Carlos to, uh, to come in as head coach. So that would, uh, I think, for people on the outside, it would be fairly uh, 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 look, fairly look, logical look, to assume that you've made the assessment Chris that Chris is not up to it. Chris is part of the dialogue, and um, and Chris is very comfortable with you know the the process that we're taking. And if you're at the um, press conference and throughout all the discussions by Roberto Carlos, um, he uh, Roberto was at all times highly complimentary of Chris, as we were about his place in in the game and at our club. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talksport. We're talking to South Melbourne director Bill Papasturgiatis about uh, the ongoing A-League push and the Roberto Carlos uh, visit uh, of the past week. So, look, to, to put a positive spin on it, I mean, let's just say... Um, for, you sure, for... Are you sure there's a positive spin in any of this? <laughs> no, of course there is, mate. I didn't a... hear any of that. No, no, well, well I'm, I'm about to... You would have thought we're actually burying the game, but what we've done instead of... Um... Instead of yeah, well, but, well, Bill, I'm, 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 I'm about to ask the question, mate, um, because uh, you know, there, there's, we, we, we're uh, all uh, entitled, I think, in in the conversation to to put both views, and uh, and in this conversation where the listeners are out there and the and the football public uh, are interested in knowing if there's if there's 
criticism I know, at a certain but angle. But, 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 hear what, me, but hear me out, Bill. I'll ask no, the no, question no, because I, I, I do want to... Before you put the question to me, but what we can't do is insinuate mm-hmm. um, statements about uh, people and their careers and things mm-hmm. like that. I mean, you know, we're, we're really respectful with Chris and, um, and he's been part of the dialogue the entire time, so... Mm-hmm. I think we have to be a little bit careful about treating him with respect. And, you know, he's part of the dialogue. He mm-hmm. knows what we're doing. He's been, you know, part of the discussion process. Yeah, and, and, Bill, the and, and that's it. And that's Bill. And that, that uh, is um, is a point well made and, and you make yeah. it clearly. And, and as you sure. know, we've been, uh, we've had uh, you on, on the show on a few occasions before and we've certainly talked up the South Melbourne bid. Yeah, and we'd, we'd love to see the great club uh, founded in 1959, the most successful club in Australian football, for that matter, for anyone who doesn't know that. Uh, sure. So we know you know how to run a football club, that's for sure. I don't think there's anyone questioning South Melbourne's credibility in, uh, in the world of football in this country, let alone around the world, the uh, Oceania, uh, the, the most successful uh, team in uh, in the 100 years of the Oceania, etc., played in Brazil in the uh, international sphere. So that said, moving on, Roberto Carlos, he had a lot of good things to say. Obviously, he was brought down uh, and, uh, you know, and he wasn't going to, to be critical, but um, but things like, uh, you know, South Melbourne should be the reference for Australian football. They're already good. I've been following the team. The importance is to go up. What I've seen here has moved me, the complex and the people. So, you know, you've clearly got him on board, and uh, and whilst he, he doesn't have a, uh, you know, a, a top-flight um, pedigree as a, as a coach, he has coached in Turkey, Russia, and India as well. So, uh, he, and he's and, a Technical director for um, the twenties mm. and below for the Real Madrid uh, development program. So he's mm. heavily involved and invested in their um, coaching program. Yeah. And so, so, so the, the the real upside to this is, let's say it's rolled out, whether. South get into the uh, the A League or a potential B League, and Roberto Carlos does choose to come to Australia. There's a lot of publicity be, to be gained uh, internationally for for the the game in this country if a, a guy of his stature chooses to come to Australia and get involved. I think so. I think, and it speaks volumes about um, football in this country too. You know, it's it, it, we've been a bit of a sleeping giant, I think, football because it's the participation rates are through the roof. Um, and unfortunately, it hasn't translated into media exposure, um, and and also in terms of uh, following the game at the A League. The A League, in my opinion, has been a terrific success for a long period of time. Um, but as we all know, it, it does need. It's probably got to the point where we need expansion, and I don't think expansion should be limited to two teams. I think it mm. needs to be more than two teams, and. It's, um, the reason I say that is because part of the discussion we were having with um, with uh, Roberto Carlos was he was astonished that there's no uh, relegation promotion. It's, mm. it's unfathomable to him. It's to not on his own there, Bill. Most of Australia is. <laughs> it's like, how does this happen? Uh, the, this is not part of the modern game. And then the other point that I emphasised um, at our event at the Palladium the other night, and I'll say this, I got approached by a few people after the event who said to me, what you should do, Bill, and publicise, and I haven't done this, but I will say what some people said to me is to organise an event with close to 600 people within three weeks and have the Premier there, have all of the ex-Socceroos who played the game, have Roberto there, and have the narrative that we did in in three weeks' time speaks volumes about the interest in football generally, about the club, and the need for expansion. And the point I made on, on, on Tuesday night was the fact that you look at a country like England, um, plays many codes. It doesn't play one code, it plays a lot of codes. 
65 million people, about roughly 110 professional clubs. Mm-hmm. Australia population of what, 24, 25 million, so a little bit less than half, nine clubs. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, what I'm particularly focused on and, you know, you know, I'm passionate about is opportunities for our kids, a, a career path for them, opportunities for our coaches, a career path for them, and opportunities for our administrators. So it's just not, and also our facilities. So it's not just about playing the game, but it's every facet to make sure that we're winners. Bill, thank you for participating in a robust discussion, mate. We, uh, Absolutely. We, we enjoy it. Enormously. Yeah, no, it's great because, look, we, this is the forum for it to be had and uh, and Absolutely. everyone's opinion needs to be shared because uh, we uh, you know, we love the game. We, we love uh, clubs like South Melbourne and uh, and we want to see them succeed. Uh, you thank, succeed, thank that you is. So, so much uh, No, not at all. All the best, mate. And uh, we'll, we'll talk it, to you again real soon, Bill. Thank you. Bye-bye. Stick around because Dino is going to be back with the international news, including a preview of the Champions League this weekend. Box to box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, this is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. Dino is back to talk Europe. He's talking Champions League off the top. But before we get into it, it's... June and in June everybody knows that it's the month for more affordable storage with Storage King so make space at your place be one of the first 20 customers to move in June to each Storage King location and you're going to get one month free that is right one month free at every Storage King location around the country conditions apply so if you're renovating holidaying or just contemplating a clean out do it now with one month free at Storage King they're just around the corner. Call 1-800-STORAGE today or get onto storageking.com.au. What better time, Dino, to get in? Perfect time, isn't it, for storage? Yeah. And, you, you know, you're always doing that uh, declutter now. It's uh, turning into winter, so it's yeah. uh, most probably an apt time to get down to Storage King and uh, and rent out the uh, right-size cubicle that you're looking for. Absolutely. Or if you, you know, you're in business and you're in the digital world and you, you don't want to rent uh, a shop front, you want to get uh, your stuff into Storage King and uh, they will look after you. So get onto the boys there at storageking.com.au. Call them now. Dino, um, really looking forward to Sunday morning our time. What a game it's going to it's be. It's going to be massive. It's it's in the country I was born, which was interesting. Not uh, uh, not I'm a northern uh, mm-hmm. Welshman, but uh, Cardiff is certainly down I in the south. I just use the old name for the Millennium Stadium, Carter Farms Park. It was yeah, such the a arms, name, wasn't it? Well, it changed the stadium. I, mean, no, I know, it's, it's across but, the road. But, it's, it's, Cardiff, but the, the arms, arms part was when I grew up watching mm. Wales play rugby, in, and yeah. I know they played some football matches in the early part at, at mm. times, but... Um, Will we but, hear some bread of heaven before the oh, I think there might be a bit of bread of heaven for the ones who are in there, certainly mm-hmm. for Gareth Bale. I think mm-hmm. most probably the Welsh people in attendance will mm. be supporting Real Madrid. You would think so. You would think so. But look, it's it's an interesting one. It's it's two champions of their own domestic league. Juventus had an unbelievable run mm-hmm. and, and obviously Real Madrid, um, mm-hmm. superb season. And for me, I think it's in, it's most probably the apt uh, final that mm. should have been. I think these mm. two teams most probably have been the best. You know, you're coming yeah. up against the prolific goal scorers of Real Madrid, against the best defensive uh, team in the competition. They only yeah. conceded three goals. Um, I think there's a lot of a lot of stories that will come out of this. I mm. think the Buffon one's yes. big. He's, he's lost two Champions League so far. Yeah. It would be 
really, really harsh on any individual to go to three finals and yeah. lose. Yeah. But look, I, I think it's it's a very much a game of chess, this one. And, mm-hmm. and, and again, there's not been, you know, I've done a lot of research on this and there's not an awful lot being said, you know, because we're not quite close enough to kick off. But mm-hmm. most of the stories I've heard have all been based on, you know, security around the stadium, you know, mm-hmm. identifying, mm-hmm. you know, course, after got, Manchester last absolutely, week. Absolutely. And I, and I respect that totally. But if you look at the last time uh, they were playing in a Champions League game, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, it was Real Madrid was out there with Navas, uh, Danilo, Varane, Ramos, Marcelo, Modric, Cruz, Isco, Benzema mm-hmm. and Ronaldo um, and Casemiro. I forgot that Casemiro. So all of a sudden, you know, you've got quality on the bench as well to come on. Mm-hmm. Morata, uh, Kovacic, uh, Rodriguez, um, and if you look at like even like with Nacho as well, I mean that they've got a real, real lot of flair. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the Juventus team and you know the the Buffon, the Bonner. Uh, Bonucci, the Cellini, uh, Danny mm. Alves. I mean, Danny Alves, you know, has even been touted as being one of the most consistent players in yep. Europe this season, playing at right back and has scored some absolute worldies yep. during that campaign for them to mm-hmm. to obviously get in there. And then obviously and they you've lost got Paul Pogba after last season. Well, they did. With Higuain yeah, is, uh, Higuain's been, been top drawer, and uh, even Man- Mandzukic is uh, yeah. is a handful. So look, I think it's really, really in the balance this one. I mm. I, I think it's most probably. If, for argument's sake, Juventus were to score first, mm. then you just most probably would bat them in to be able to yeah. to defend it through and you know be the, the great defensive team that they are. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, even if Real Madrid do score first, I still think Juventus can come back. Yeah. I think they have the ability to come back. I think it's going to be only a goal in it. I'm hoping it's going to be a cracker. Mm-hmm. I mean, the... Um, the Europa Cup wasn't most probably one of the most entertaining games. No. Um, I think uh, officially you branded the Europa Cup final a snore fist. Well, it was a little bit. You did, didn't it you? Was, it was a bit. Well, it, it was early as well, so I was tired. <laughs> but, oh, look, the best team won. I'm, looking won for, I'm so looking forward to this game because I think it will be a super occasion. And uh, for me, I just like, I agree with all of your analysis. It's going to be, can the Real Madrid attack break down the Juventus defence and can mm. the can the old lady get uh, get the Spanish giants on the break? Yeah, that's it in a nutshell really, isn't it? Because the Italians you know, famous for their defence and uh, yep. Juventus have, uh, have typified that defence and the uh, the Spanish flair and uh, you know, any team with Ronaldo in it. Well, uh, that's, th- that's most probably the key, Rob, as well. Ronaldo, two hat-tricks. Yeah. I mean, you know, prolific goal scorer, <laughs> the, the all-time leading goal scorer in Champions League. I think it's something like 103 yeah. or something yeah. like that. It's most probably the game for him for for him to be able to unlock the defenders, yeah. uh, Juventus defense. And they've had, I think, the other thing that's important about this game, they have a long time to prepare. Yeah, it sort of yeah. comes out of cycle now that yeah. the seasons are over. They mm. don't have the you know the midweek games, and then mm. they've got to back up again on the weekend. So mm. um, they'll all, they'll all be in top shape. You know, um, your man, your man, Buffon's had mm-hmm. he's had three weeks off. Yeah, he's been preparing. So. The interesting one as well is Isco and Gareth Bale. I mean, he's back now, but again, hasn't played any football. Isco's been a revelation in the, the latter parts of this tournament. You know, quarters, semis. Um, I think he was man of the match in both legs. We're going to give a tip. Um, look, I really think Real Madrid will do it. I just think they have mm. enough strike power, and I think Ronaldo. In that central yeah, area, it's only a half a chance. If you see some of the goals, mm-hmm. it's millimetres away from somebody blocking it. But he just I'm seems sorry, to... Rob. I just don't think it's to be for the old lady. I think yeah. uh, Real Madrid are, are going to uh, overcome. 
So you can take this to the bank. <laughs> Juventus will win <laughs> in extra time. Gianluigi Buffon will be hanging off the crossbar and uh, and and running around the stadium like a, a cut snake, <laughs> celebrating in Wales as they as they take the title. And why do they call Juventus the old lady, bro? Well, because it's the uh, the the ironic nickname that they have because Juve means young in uh, in Italian and it's a, it's an ironic nickname that they were given. So it's the opposite of what they were. I love so, that yes, explanation. Here. Rob, goes, Rob delves into the uh, Italian side of his family. He does, um, which is on his wife's side just quietly. It's not easy. No, yeah. I, I just yeah, and I do like the black and white stripes quietly, just quietly, because uh, you know I'm a, 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 I have a broad church of sporting support, and uh, and, uh, and they're all black and white stripes. Exactly. <laughs> I just want right. I want to just touch up and say I know we've had uh, the Huddersfield Town uh, Brigade coming through uh, mm-hmm. on the show, mm-hmm. all and it was superb listening. Mm-hmm. But yes. I think it's important to know that it's a long, long time ago when mm-hmm. this was when I did a comparison. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, what year was it? And it's obviously 45 years, which is 1972. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that year rings a bell. So and I thought, well, mm-hmm. who won it that particular year? Forest? No, they actually got relegated. <laughs> uh, having My dad had left them 18 months earlier mm-hmm. because of lack of ambition. And the wheels had fallen off. And uh, I don't know if the wheels had fallen off. They just didn't invest when they got to the semi-final and semi-final of the FA Cup and also runners up to Manchester United under Sir Matt Busby. And they didn't feel that, well, he didn't feel that he was going to win anything there. And he was quite right. So he moved to Derby and sure and behold, in 1972, Derby win the league. Interestingly enough, though, I did a bit of research and actually Huddersfield beat them. Uh, oh, really? and, and got relegated. So Forest got relegated. Huddersfield Town on 25 points, the same as Nottingham Forest. Derby won the league in with 58 points. Leeds, 58 Liverpool, points. 58 points because there's only two then. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Leeds, Liverpool, and Manchester City all finished on 57 mm-hmm. points, one Ooh, point behind. Now, would have been some last game, the, last the, round. The, there is a big. Well, I'll tell you exactly what the last round was. It wasn't a last round because Leeds had played in the FA Cup final on the Saturday, mm-hmm. so they had the game in hand against Wolves, and there was allegations, and it was part of a lot of stories going around that they were to take a bribe to throw the game, whether it's true or not, no one can really put your finger on it, but it was very much um, very much folklore that that had happened, and Wolves somehow beat them 2-1, <laughs> and Derby weren't actually in the country. They were in Spain. Brian Clough had taken them away to Spain, and they were just waiting for the result. There's no television. They were listening to radios. So this would have and been... that's how long ago it was since so this, Huddersfield had been there. This perhaps was... And I, I'm, I'm not saying this with any knowledge, but... Uh, the uh, the harbinger of, of all of the games played at the same time on the same day to prevent that sort Correct. of happening. Yeah, well, again, because we're in two competitions, mm-hmm. now it's all structured, as you you know clearly point out. But it, that in those days, that was happening quite regularly, yeah, you know, yeah. where one team would be either in Europe and the games were piling up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, it, but it was interesting. And the other interesting part of that is Derby do then go to Europe the next year played Juventus in the semi-finals and that's when Brian Clough said the referee's on the take <laughs> and that is folklore they're 0-0 at Derby and they got turned over I think 3-0 over in Turin so well, well a, that's a great in, little history lesson yeah, there. very it's, interesting, it's, interesting mate. But it's but 45 I, years ago Robert yeah, can't believe it yeah, so uh, so exciting for these people well, well listening to Martin they were, they, they were so excited when I mean, we had the great privilege of talking to Rob Tanner on many occasions uh, in Leicester's glory run but uh, but this is you know uh, a, a, a similar story well, he's our new version of him isn't yeah, he he's yeah. brilliant I mean the other thing that I know um, Michael asked and uh, he said well where 
there is actually on this field. So <laughs> I did a little bit of research for you. It's nine miles from Bradford. Mm. So we know Bradford yeah, through uh, James Meredith. Yeah. And congratulations to James mm. getting a deal at Millwall. He'll enjoy that. Um, but it's most probably halfway between Leeds and Manchester. So it's the west of Yorkshire, but it's not quite halfway, but it's it's not a million miles. And how many people? It was 143,000, I think. In so the, it's roughly it's not the a city. Size it's not a city, Ballarat. it's a town. Yeah. And it's the 11th largest town in England. So it's the sort. Imagine Ballarat getting and a, as we know, that, Ballarat getting admitted to the AFL in awesome. uh, the other code. But so, but, but that's How why we, we talked to uh, Bill Pabster Jardis earlier on, where where we've got a God love him. Yeah, where's who you? He can were, talk. You, you, you so respectfully spoke to him um, before the break. Uh, I think that's harsh, uh, Rob. I yeah, think no. I was just asking questions that everybody. Can I just mention before we? The point I was going to make was that I like to see clubs. Of various Ambitious levels, ones. yeah, coming through and they're, they're putting their, their, you know, their uh, their case forward. Dragon Huddersfield uh, would have uh, gone out and asked, uh, got asked, uh, you know, Sir Alex Ferguson to coach them if they made the Premier League next Why year. Why not? Why wouldn't they? Now, just quickly, somebody. just before we have to go, uh, there is a World Cup happening around the world in the under twenties. Yes, uh, there is. And our friend, uh, Mr. Football. John Peacock, was uh, Peaky. Yeah, Peaky was jo- joined the group for, to be part of the England, and they've successfully managed their way to the quarterfinals. Who is in the quarterfinals? So now? the quarterfinals, as as we speak, are um, Venezuela will play the winner of USA and New Zealand. Portugal will play Uruguay. France and Italy will play each other to meet Zambia. And Mexico and Senegal will play each other to meet England in the quarterfinals to be played on Sunday, which most most probably Monday, and Monday most probably Tuesday. And it's just tragic that Australia's not participating in that event. It is, and I thought, you know, when, you know, because it's been quite topical here in Australia about yeah. our lack of, you know, entering these competitions yeah. like well, like we used to. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's interesting as well. I think something that Mark touched on in one of the segments was yeah. that where they talked about the rules of under 18s yeah. and with the Europe, and this might just yeah. help people like England yeah. where yeah. they don't go for foreign players because they have yeah. to grow their own. So yeah. you never know. This could be maybe a blessing in disguise from from an English football point of view. Yeah. Wales, Scotland, and Northern yeah. Ireland. Yeah, an error of course. And uh, there's uh, international friendlies on. There's plenty of there, but I think what we might do, Edge, we might just have a little look at them. Next I week. mean, there's a couple of interesting ones. The whole month of June is full of friendlies, so we'll mm. be able to delve in to see who's in form uh, during the summer. Excellent, mate. Well done. That was a beautiful preview, and we're all going to be getting up in the very early hours on Sunday morning. We're going to watch that big game, and we're going to see just how right I was as the other boys uh, <laughs> end up with egg on the face. And text me or Twitter a uh, message and, uh, and just remind me of the great prediction that I've made. Right. We will be reminding you of that, yes. Oh, I know you will. You're the first bloke <laughs> to remind anyone when you're right. And uh, you hear those little sort of uh, crickets when, when, when he's wrong. But he does, he's never wrong, is he? No, he's never no, wrong. That's no, right. That's All right, Rob. Right, I'm glad you recognise that. Yeah, stick around. Box to box. More after the break. Stoppage time with Mark Van Aken. Box to box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Welcome back to Box to Box, the fourth official signals. There are six minutes left. Now, before we get into it, Marco, there are seven things that some of us may come across this winter. Blocked nose, headache, body aches, sore throat, runny nose, pain and fever. Fortunately, there is one thing you can get that might help fight these, and that is Vicks Action Cold and Flu. Did you know that over 50% of cold sufferers experience two or more 
of these symptoms during the first three days of their episode. Despite this, some people only end up taking a pain tablet, which provides relief from some of the symptoms, but not all of them. Fight the symptoms of cold and flu with Vicks Action Cold and Flu, available now for just $5.99 at Chemist Warehouse. How much? $5.99. Are you putting Vicks on the little man? Have you done uh, that yet? We use Yuki Bear. Which you can buy at Chemist Warehouse too, I would imagine. Yeah, of course you can, absolutely. And uh, you can buy Vicks or yeah, Yuki Bear. Is that a cold? Do you have memories of your mum rubbing Vicks on you as a kid in your jammies, gym jams there, Mark? Fond memory, a little, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Do you have memories of that, Rob? I oh, 100% do. Yeah, it. me too. And, yeah. uh, and what about you, Dana? The little boys. Yeah, I always had it, thanks. Uh, <laughs> that, that, you'll Nige, it out one day. Nigel, I was always waiting for Nigel. He's never let me down. But <laughs> always the you're on, mate. All right, boys. <laughs> I, reckon always... had it. I reckon Nigel had a bit of Vicks too. And his uh, exactly. Always read the label. Use only as directed if symptoms persist. Consult your doctor. Chemist Warehouse. Lowest prices guaranteed. Now, now, Mark, you're a South Melbourne fan who works for Melbourne Knights. Um, so you're now turning into Melbourne... Magic, which and... makes me incredibly popular yeah, down at South Melbourne. It yes. does. Now, what do you think of... Um, the whole Roberto Carlos stuff that's going on this week. Um, I, I'm fine with it. There was a certain person on stage with Roberto that I thought was a bit um, provocative. Genoa. Um, Genoa, I think it's Genoa. Genoa, soccer Genoa school soccer school, yeah. Morris, something Italian. Um, I had some dealings with him back in the day at Soccer International. Now, I'll be very careful here. There, there are, what you do is Google around and there are some... And alleged, alleged um, interesting dealings in Europe with him. Now, whether they're right or wrong, and I've had some discussions with people at the club this week sort of telling me to piss off, that's fine. Whether those things are right or wrong, perception is reality. And you're in this PR game. And if nothing else, I've thought it was incredibly... Yeah, you've got to put him to bed or... Incredibly yeah. provocative. What about... Um, so let's we've talked about it a bit tonight, but what about just the whole idea of... of you know, rolling out a, a celebrity like that, or not a celebrity, a, 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 an eminent person in the game like Roberto Carlos is, and uh, without, you know, having a, a gig in the in the in the A League. But that's the whole point, isn't it? Like that's the whole point. They're trying to raise awareness of what they're doing. They're trying to force FFA's hand. Now the problem is, this is going one of two ways, and I think we can guess which way it's probably going. FFA are either going, geez, wow, these guys have really got their act together, or they're going, geez, but these guys to shut up because. A few months back, when FFA made their last statement and, and when they said they were going to delay the criteria, they essentially, read between the lines, sort of said, look, can all you people bidding from Wollongong to bloody Tasmania, can you all please just shut up and go away while we do... Got our... some other priorities to sort out. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Now, to be fair, and I know Tasmania, for example, they've, they've gone to ground. It's very hard to get anything out of them. I know Stevie Horvat's working very hard. We obviously had him in the studio a few months back, but even Geelong have gone quiet. Um... Wollongong Wolves have sort of been a little bit quiet. So themselves. it is a so, bit of a gamble, though, isn't it? Because it either goes very well or it goes very bad. Correct. Yeah. And so far, I mean, South Melbourne... Look, I think the one point that I agree with you on with Bill is we've still got this potential national second division that might come yeah. along. So the reality is, well, you're not going to be able to afford to pay Roberto Carlos to be your coach in a second division uh, competition, especially one that we all assume, if, if it comes along, which we're not really holding our breath probably wouldn't have a pathway directly to the A-League for at least, what, five, seven years or so. So, look, I don't know, Dino, I mean, you're in that space. But And the thing about the question about Chris Taylor, I understand the point to, to a degree, and I haven't spoken to Chris, not that I know Chris terribly well at all, but I can understand how you might think he's a bit insulted by this, but at the same time, with all due respect, if Chris was, and, and, and I think Chris is a pretty good coach, um, and, well, he, and he may, he may um, well coach at A-League level at some point in his career, but if he was an A-League quality coach right now, he'd be coaching in the, the A-League. Look, I've got a bit of a point on this. I mean, I look back to even the infancy of uh, the A-League and Ian Dobson's record as a coach. 
you know, and as a manager, yeah. played in England, grew up there, played in the National League. Um, Successfully. Very, very successful. Still has the record. Successfully. Uh, as does Brian Brown yeah. in uh, Bonnie Rig How and Black Town. But Laurie McKenna too, you know. Laurie McKenna was uh, just like a Chris Taylor before. Yeah, but Laurie got his... That's the point. Laurie got his gig. Ernie Merritt got his gig yeah. as well, rightly yeah. so. And I'm, yeah. I'm happy for both of them as we know them really, really well. Yeah. But... Th- Sometimes there's not enough opportunities, mm. and because there's only 10 franchises, that's why there is limited opportunity. So, some really good managers, whether it's a Chris Taylor, an Ian Dobson of the world, or a Brian Brown, um, they don't get the opportunity. But Dobbo did at national level in the NSL. Like, yeah, let's he not did. sell no, the NSL short. He no, won championships. Well, so, so, Ernie, too. Ernie coached at uh, Sunshine. Yeah, yeah, George Cross. But the point is, it was Preston. just that sort of time when the NSL finished. There was obviously that overlap. Then the A League came along. And. Um, it was just sort of, and Dobbo was sort of at the end of his career anyway, because I know, he, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, he's at Gully, and then he won a lot of championships in a row, and then he basically um, sort of then took a year or two off and came back. Anyway, Rob, we haven't even touched the surface of what we were going to talk about. I know, we haven't. And there was <laughs> we're going to talk about the pasty who, pillow, uh, Aaron Moy. Yeah, who got um, suspended for four weeks for taking the... Um, the, uh, what is it, the Colombian marching powder that uh, we were going to talk about <laughs> as well. <laughs> All right. Well, stick around uh, don't stick for around. another week. Yeah, don't stick around because this, that's it on Box to Box. <laughs> Next week, we're going to bring it all to you. We're going to wrap up the Saudi Arabian game. We're going to talk about everything that's gone on from one end of the pitch to the other in the world game. We'll see you then on Box to Box.